Thank you uh, for joining Inside the Room last week. Um, I was so just very humbled uh, and appreciative of all of you that shared my posts, whether it was on Instagram or Facebook, um, and just really helping me to celebrate uh, something that I've been talking about for so long, and that's creating a podcast, celebrating my segment on FUBU Radio with Shay McRae. Um, and it's just so honored to have people who love and care about my journey uh, celebrate but also support me. So thank you so much for joining in. A special shout out to Samaya uh, Hernandez of uh, Channel 8 uh, WTHC uh, for the news coverage. Uh, had myself, co-founder uh, of FUBU Radio, official FUBU Radio, and uh, Shay McRae. We were all interviewed by Samaya and we just talked about the importance of uh, For Us, By Us Radio, that's what FUBU stands for, uh, and the importance of, of being politically engaged uh, in this time. Uh, and so it was just, it was just amazing. And, and I just want to personally thank you, Samaya, uh, for that coverage. So uh, in efforts uh, to remain involved, and I want you all to remain involved inside the room, with Brandon McGee as we continue to talk about politics, leadership, and culture, it's just vitally important that you remain connected. So be sure to follow me uh, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Spotify, and of course, Twitter. Uh, uh, so just subscribe uh, to all of those, but most importantly, subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, at Brandon McGee Inside the Room, uh, and there you will find all of the episodes of our interviews, uh, engaging and conversing with uh, some of our stakeholders. Uh, but most importantly, you'll be there inside the room, right? So again, welcome to another segment of Inside the Room with Brandon McGee. As we prepare uh, for the incoming Biden-Harris administration, uh, we must acknowledge this being one of the largest voter turnout in history. And I'm praying that you voted. Actually, I know you voted. It's cool. I know you voted. I know you exercised your right to vote. But even in the midst of a pandemic, it is absolutely, absolutely important that you know that this was the largest turnout, y'all. Like, think about it. Some eight years ago, we voted in the first black president in these United States. Fast forward through a Trump administration, we voted in large numbers during a pandemic. Just sit back, give yourself applause and knowing that you exercised your right to vote. That's important. However, your aptitude to get out there and exercise your right to vote missed the constant efforts of number 45 to suppress your vote. That altogether, it, it definitely proves how much power you have in the democratic process. If you've ever heard me talk about voting, you know that voting equates to power. And so I am so very honored uh, and just, I don't know, elated to just know that the people here in these United States and even in the state of Connecticut, 
because that's where I am and I represent the great people of Windsor and Hartford, you use your voice, your voice, excuse me, uh, to, to weigh in on some very important issues. So continue to use your, your voice that equates to power. This election was important for the state of Connecticut as it demands us to now start to think about social justice efforts uh, as we anticipate the Biden-Harris will carry out in its first 100 days in office. Some of the major concerns identified and responded to the Biden-Harris recovery agenda laid out a vi uh, vision laid out a vision for a housing plan that makes bold investments in home ownership and access uh, to affordable housing for black, brown, and Native Americans. Along with public-private investments through a new business opportunity plan to build more inclusive uh, economy for all of us. The pandemic, however, has shined a bright light on racial disparities in health as well as health care. Uh, and as black and brown Americans have suffered and died from coronavirus at a rate higher than white Americans. And I would be remiss if I didn't just sort of take a pause um, and, and, and reflect on or at least give space for the 6,000 plus Americans in the state of Connecticut, whose lives have been lost as a result of COVID. That number also includes family members of folks who I know, my grandmother uh, passed away as well, folks on my staff has lost, family members, uh, and it's, it's real, it's real. And if you don't hear anything else on this podcast, if you don't hear anything else during this interview, on FUBU, iHeartRadio, I want the Biden-Harris administration uh, to know that the impacts, the effects of COVID, it's real. And if we don't make sure that our resources, our policies align perfectly with responding to this pandemic, then shame on you. And I'll be the first one to call it out. And so, you know, as we continue to move forward, it's just important that this administration focuses in on uh, policies that will undo the long history of what we so eloquently have described as disproportionate impacts on communities of color when you talk about healthcare in the healthcare system of America. So the economy crisis has hit black and brown communities as well, with black unemployment at 15.4%, Latino unemployment at 14.5%, and businesses owned by black, Latino, and Asian Americans, they're closing down at alarming rates throughout this country. And so as we begin to talk about the 100 days of this incoming administration, which I'm so excited about, we also must be real about what's happening to these communities. We got to be real about it. And if we're not real, then shame on us. The first 100 days, I believe, is, is sort of like a reflection of this entire administration. 
And, you know, while I'm at it, before I kind of transition to some other things, I do want to say, you know, President-elect and Vice President-elect, thank you for considering and appointing people of color to represent what America looks like. Thank you. Thank you. But it goes beyond just identifying black and brown people to represent us in your higher seats of influence and positions. It reflects in your policy making and speaking directly to the issues that are impacted by those who are closest to the problems that they've been experiencing far too long. I'm here to work with you. As an elected official, I'm here to ensure that our voices might be heard, but most importantly, that we influence policy. So I'm excited about what's going to happen in the next few days. But as we move toward a pivotal time, we need to continue engaging uh, in this political process. We need to continue to engage our upcoming generation uh, in the political process. And I'd love to talk about that a little toward the end of this week's segment. But as we continue to uh, talk about some policy recommendations, because I am, it's obvious, I think uh, one of the news anchors, uh, forgive me for not knowing his name. I should know his name. Uh, this is a real vulnerable moment. Maybe my staff can help me. Is it Don Lemons? Yes. So Don Lemon, he was uh, the news anchor who started the campaign of being openly black. I'm openly black, y'all. And I think it's just naturally, you know, just a great segue into talking about some of the issues, policy recommendations that might be appropriate for this administration's next 100 days. First, let's talk a little bit about improving black economics. Um, one of the things that, that's important is we must bridge the gap between socioeconomic status resulting in equal and livable wages. Okay, uh, wages and efforts to pursue a better quality of life. This would require the removal of policies that refute our access as black folk uh, to employment acquisition and mobilization uh, in various companies and agencies. Not limited to, but just to get the conversation started. Enabling a more transparent democracy. How do we do this? By eradicating voter disenfran uh, disenfranchisement and suppression on this continues to be proven and displayed during the municipal, statewide, and federal elections. Uh, we also must confront those who conspire to steal votes. <laughs> we kind of know who that is, don't we? Uh, who's been able to encourage and embolden some real raggedy type uh, movement. I digress. But we want to get away from those types of influencers who suppress the votes of people of color, people who have served their time in the criminal justice system, and they're looking and longing to be a part of the broader community, but denied the right to vote. 
let's stop that. Let's have a more transparent democracy in that all people should take part in. Enhancing the black family or familial structure, right? Um, and what does that mean? By acknowledging uh, the health disparities that exist in black and brown communities and challenging the policies and practices that leave us sick and dying younger. Must I repeat? That keeps us sick and dying younger. We know this to be true. Just take a look back at 2020. When we begin to talk about the impacts of coronavirus, COVID-19, and how many people in the black and brown community just didn't have access to the basic health care. What is that about? Right? And so we're longing for an administration who understands, and I dare say understands the importance of access to health for all people, especially people of color. And as we are talking about uh, vaccine and vaccinations and, you know, we're, we're encouraging black and brown communities to be the first of many communities to take advantage of this vaccine. I would be remiss if I did not talk briefly about the distrust that black people have had when you begin talking about vaccines. Tuskegee experiment. We had another young lady, her name escapes me, but when we were talking about cancer and how they used her information to come up with remedies to address cancer, we didn't give them the credit, nor did we acknowledge the fact we didn't even get their approval. But yet you want black people to take the vaccine first. Now, black folk, black and brown people, I'm saying, now that you have the history, and by the way, the young lady that I referred to, her name is Henrietta Locke, okay? Remember that, Google her, did I say it correctly? Lax, Henrietta Lax. It's okay, we're inside the room, my staff is also inside the room, and it's important that we give you factual information and, and say the names of these folks correctly. But now, black and brown folk, that you understand the information the statistics, you should be able to make informed decisions moving forward. What am I saying, Brandon? What I'm saying is make the best decision that fits you. Some people are just not interested in taking the vaccine just yet. They want to wait a little while. They want to see the results. They want to better understand how it works. But I'm encouraging you to take the vaccine, to do what it is that you need to do to protect yourself, your family, and your community. But I also want you to know that I'm not forgetting about what happened to us. But now is the time for us to turn the page, given the information that we do know, and move forward. All right? So that's enhancing the black family structure, but also having a bit more access to quality and adequate health care. Um, just two more. Protecting the lives of black people in our communities and overall society, right? By refuting the white 
nationalist terrorism that takes place throughout a multitude of systems. For example, our police force. Our police force, okay? And I gotta say this. Inside the Room is not an anti-police organization or show. We appreciate the service that you all provide. I know for a fact, just sworn in a couple weeks ago here in the city of Hartford, and guess who was there to protect us? Our policemen and women. I got a call just the other day from Hartford PD and Windsor Police Department asking me, Brandon, is there anything that you need? We're here for you. Please let us know. Uh, because we know that there's some rumbling. We know that there are a lot of folk out there doing some really bad things. And we want to make sure you're safe, you and your family. So I thank you. But we also know that there's been a history of systemic challenges uh, that many black and brown have been faced with. You can take a look back in 2020 and what happened to so many black men whose lives were taken by the hands of folk within our police departments. Lastly, uh, reducing criminal justice involvement and provision of legal protections as it relates to black people. That's by educating the white population about their implicit and explicit racial biases and how it helps to contribute to the rate of black and brown criminal involvement. Right. I really want to thank those organizations throughout this country who took a moment to step back for a second and said, I need to do a bit more listening and understanding so that I can incorporate that in the culture of my organization. I can't tell you the number of organizations, CEOs who called me and said, how can I be helpful now? I did tell them I'm tired of y'all white folks asking me how you can be helpful when you know the answer to your question, right? But for me, it was sort of another step toward understanding our plight as a people of color, especially or specifically black folk. So I respect that. And I think that's something that we should continue uh, to do. Uh, and, 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 and also consider actions or behaviors that are clearly a result of poverty and disinvestment and begin to invest in community safety, prevention and justice rather than the penal system. All right. So that's just a very macro high level kind of rundown of what I would consider uh, my recommendations on behalf of folks inside the room uh, to share with the Biden-Harris administration as they enter their 100 days of their uh, administration. So I could probably talk on a little bit more um, about the political affairs in this country. We know that in uh, anticipation of President-elect Biden being sworn in, uh, in the coming days, our nation's capital is under sort of protection. Even here in the city of Hartford, the state of Connecticut, we have protection and people kind of gearing up in response to angry domestic terrorists. I just want y'all to be ready. But I also would be remiss if I did not just mention 
the outcry, the organizing of our young people. Our young people are on fire. They are at the table. And uh, as President, uh, former President Barack Obama said, you know, being more than just Twitter activists, these folks are out there on the street and I commend you, but y'all keep fighting. To President Obama, uh, President Obama, I miss you, dude. But to President-elect uh, Biden and Vice President-elect Harris, I'm asking that you consider young people at the table. Consider them at the table. Special thank you to this week's sponsors. Uh, special shout out to my beloved friend and mentor, uh, Mrs. Laverne Huberta Ramsey. Uh, she recently wrote a book called Chosen and Beloved. And I want you to go out and I want you to read that book. In addition to her, we have uh, Marichelle B. Muntz. He also wrote a book uh, called Mindfully Me. Please go out and purchase these books on Amazon. Again, we have Chosen and Beloved by Laverne Huberta Ramsey, Mindfully Me by Marichelle Muntz on Amazon. All right. Also, in efforts to keep you connected, make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Twitter, and especially on YouTube. Brandon McGee, Inside the Room. I'll see you soon.